Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I, I don't think that's a very good attitude. It's Mike Shope. You don't think? You don't, you don't think? But I don't think you should be butting in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? It's the Bulldog. I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. Why are you there? Why are you grabbing a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you it's are. It's Mike Schultz and are. the Bulldog no, on WGR Sports Radio 550. Just got an important notification from my phone, I will say, if not just on my phone. It says, you drove the most December 1. See more highlights. Oh, my God. My phone thinks it's a highlight of my month. That I apparently <laughs> drove a car for more minutes on December first than any other day in December. Oh boy, my the re- it just feels like when I'm not chasing our new puppy around, all I do is close is, is clear notifications and close pop up videos on, on ProFootballReference.com. I've got a phone personal device problem that maybe we can talk about some point later, or maybe even I don't know after the football season. Yeah, I mean, let's I, I, let's I wait just... for the season to end. <laughs> Hopefully, I, that'll be a while. Such an unprecedented uh, <laughs> thing that's happening with my stuff. I can't even stand it. Well, I'm eager to hear about it. Yeah, I'll bet. Matt Harmon is with us. I don't know if Matt's eager to hear about it. He's with us on the West Her Hotline, receptionperception.com. Came up through the Yahoo streets. Has been a uh, a go-to for us, especially when we want to talk about Stefan Diggs. And guess what, Matt? <laughs> it's another Diggs week. <laughs> I wonder why I was getting the text. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was not sure why I was getting the bad thing to come on this week. I, I couldn't possibly get. <laughs> well, I mean, much to your credit, you were squarely on this guy's elite before he was even a Bill. And, you know, he was known and a good player. I'm mm-hmm. not sure as many people thought he was elite. Uh, but, man, I mean, it is still a 100-catch, 1,000-yard season here, but 
the numbers have come down and Matt Buffalo is asking like what's up and the bills are kind of sh- sort of shrugging it off you know it's it's extra coverage and we want to get some other guys involved I don't know w- what are you seeing from this offense and from Diggs that you know we, we would find interesting yeah, it is really funny because if you look at the end of season numbers, and this is something that I talk about with wide receiver play all the time, like typically we forget, we, we spend so much time, and obviously this is what I talk about all off season, you know, uh, is receiver play and everything. In those months of the calendar year, we forget that when we're actually in the thick of the season, that the week-to-week production, I mean, especially fantasy players know this, but just everybody, you know, should be aware that the week-to-week production is not going to be like a steady constant. There are like ups and downs, peaks and valleys. You know, if you look at the end of season numbers for Diggs right now, obviously we've got a week to go and, you know, potentially playoff games coming up, but it's 152 targets. That's just two fewer than what he saw last year. We're probably going to be in a situation where we can say by this time next week, Stefan Diggs had more targets in 2023 than he did in 2022. But if, if you've been paying attention the last you know month plus now, it's not going to feel that way because he's an extreme example of these peaks and valleys. I mean, if you had asked me after the first, six weeks of the season if I was on this show. And, hey, I mean, time's a blur. Maybe I was on this show. I, I don't know. I mean, and I would love chopping up with you guys. So I, if I was, I was probably excited to be here. But, you know, we'd be talking about Stefan Diggs, like, having a career season. That was the sort of pace he was on to start the year. But things have really petered off lately. Um, and, you know, I, I do find the Bills kind of handling of, of talking about it a little strange, you know. I'm sure you guys are way more embedded with the situation than I am. So, yeah, it's, right now I would say it is one of the biggest mysteries um, in the NFL. You know, again, we can kick around like different theories and everything. I will say just, just for my end of it, the reception perception end of it, you know, I've talked about it on our show with James Coe about last week, and we, we touched on it again this week when we were talking about the five most valuable receivers to their respective offenses. When I watch Diggs, when I when I chart his routes and, and just look at like is he getting open, is he getting separation? I don't see a declining player. I don't see a guy that you know is a, a right around age thirty or anything. Yeah, he's thirty. I don't see a guy that's declining or falling off from that standpoint. You know, there have been a couple of near misses the last couple of weeks. It's been the Chargers game, the Patriots game where, you know, between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, where if the ball place is just, you know, slightly better or maybe Diggs is in a slightly different spot, like we aren't necessarily having this conversation. So um, there's a lot, again, there's a lot of factors in play. I do think the snap count is the most bizarre thing. Um, and, again, I'm sure you guys have already highlighted on your show. He's been under his typical snap rate the last three weeks. And that's the part that I don't get because, I mean, Unless there's an undisclosed injury, you know, there's an unreported injury, and, you know, you, you spend enough time around this game, you know the teams do funky stuff with the injury report, regardless of what they want to let you, you believe or anything. That stuff is not, it's not infallible. Unless there's an unreported injury, it doesn't really make sense to not have your number one playmaker on the field at all times. Yeah, you know, we've talked a lot, a lot of folks from early in this week already, Matt, and even going back, I'm sure, while I was away last week, holiday week, um, you know, talking about this snap count and tracing back to week 10, the Bronco week, there was a back injury that had him limited in practice. That was the only time he's been, uh, had a designation on an injury report. He played in the game and there's never been another designation. So like that, okay, well maybe that's, it's a back injury, but he can get through practice. I don't have to declare it, but here's this. I thought of this last night after making that, that, that point I just made again yesterday, 
is the way they're using him when he is on the field, like bubble screens and and he got a handoff last week. That's not exactly shielding him from contact if you're worried about some sort of an injury that's lingering. So I'm not sure that really adds up. No, I'm glad you pointed out the back injury because uh, I do say this a lot on our show. I was actually just making a, a, a joke with my, with my personal trainer yesterday who had a back injury. I said, you know, ain't nobody used to have a bad back. Once you have a bad back, like, you have a bad back. Uh, like, it's just, it is what it is. It's not an injury that you can just shake off. So that is an interesting point. But you're right. Like, I was just saying this today about Puka Nakua, you know, a guy that he needs, what, like four catches, five catches, and 30 yards to – to break the all-time rookie records for catches and yards. And I would say, I hope that the Rams don't go out there because this is a guy who does take on a ton of contact with the way he plays, and he actually has a collegiate industry. And, like, trust me, I am crossing fingers, toes, and knocking on wood over here that I'm not speaking this into existence. But I hate it when teams go out there, like, in a situation where they want to get the guy the ball. And, like, the solution is – bubble screens, you know, rush attempts, stuff like that. I get that. It can help your quarterback and receiver just kind of get into a rhythm and everything. So I do respect that part of the logic. But at the same time, you're right. You're exposing him to contact. You're exposing him to, you know, potentially take some of the biggest shots. You're also just, like, this was a problem with the Pittsburgh Steelers offense a few years ago. Not that they've solved all their problems, you know, in the post-match Canada era. But they would have these receivers, specifically like Deontay Johnson, run these, these short, shallow crossers. And he had a ton of issues with dropping passes over the short middle of the field because that is where you're, even in today's game, which is not nearly as violent as it used to be, you're still most likely going to take contact. That's where most drops occur over the middle of the field like that. So I don't know. You're right. that It doesn't really explain if there is an underreported injury, the back injury, although that does week 10 kind of line up with our timeline here of when things started to fall off. I don't know. I don't know if that, that totally explains it, just given the, the type of targets he's been getting. Right. Matt, one, Matt Harmon, our guest, one thing, for me, it's the thing about the Bills right now, uh, with all that's on the line here, possibly going from, what, what six and six to the two seed on Sunday night. Like, what a, what a move. But, yeah. man, it's interesting to me how they're doing it. They change offensive coordinators. The one knock on Sean McDermott here has been too conservative, like big games, sort of philosophically. And the Bills have become more conservative offensively, leaning into James Cook. And you're seeing these games on Allen's stat line that just don't even look like it could be possible for Josh Allen. You know, seven completions in the one game and just very, very modest numbers. Can this keep working for them as you see it? I mean, whether you'd you'd make this about... Kincaid or Gabe Davis or some other compliment to Diggs, even Cook as a receiver, or do you think maybe like they are winning? It's tight, but they're winning. They can get there with this more. I mean, their neutral situation pass rate has plummeted in in recent weeks. I I just have my doubts about whether that can win big for them. I, I'm kind of with you, and I will say one thing that is very fascinating about the Bills and, and Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, change. I, by the way, I, I'm a fan of Joe Brady. I like Joe Brady's offense when he was with Carolina. I thought he was kind of scapegoated there uh, by the Matt Rule Panthers as that was sort of falling apart. And uh, oddly enough, actually, Matt Rule's biggest complaint, at least publicly with Joe Brady, was that they didn't run the ball enough. They wanted to get back to, like, ground and pound football, and Joe Brady wanted to spread things out and, and kind of – you know, spread and shred type of situation. Again, just ironic that we're sitting here now. Yeah. Is Buffalo going too conservative? But I think that actually is an, it, it's kind of to my point with Joe Brady here overall is that typically when we see coordinator changes in season, 
you, like, and I, I emphasize this on my show all the time. You're not about to see them scrap everything and start back at square one and, and go to a whole new playbook because, like, at that point, the playbook is the playbook. The plays are the plays. The route combinations are what they are. There's not a ton of time in season to totally overhaul everything. That being said, I think if any team has come pretty close to doing that, it is the Buffalo Bills. Like, you're so right to point at the neutral pass rate. You know, uh, they're not looking anything like sort of the condensed team uh, that they were when they started the season. At the same time, they're not looking a lot like that 11 personnel every play, every single play like they were under the final weeks of Ken Dorsey. So I really do think they have actually been in sort of like a discovery mode of what we want to be under Joe Brady with some of these new threats. Because that's another part of this Diggs conversation, too. I think like – Part of Diggs' complaints in the, like at the end of last year and stuff like that is like, well, we go to me all the time, but we only go to me like in inadvantageous, inefficient looks, right? Like when, when somebody else needs to step up in those situations. As much as we talk about receivers as wanting the ball and wanting the ball, like they do want the ball in advantageous and efficient situations. I don't think that was always the case in Ken Dorsey's offense. But like this year we have seen guys – step up like I you know Gabe is an inconsistent player but he's able to have these big moments I really like Khalil Shakir as a slot receiver obviously they have two impact tight ends James Cook has been now I don't want to say like a revelation but he's had a great second season they have a, they officially have counter punches right now and multiple counter punches where they haven't had that before so I'm with you overall I don't think that they can be the team that they were against the Chargers they can't be the team that they were against the Patriots and make noise in the playoffs. Like what I need to see in week 18 is I need to see you unlock Stefan Diggs. And, and this, this should be a game to do it. If you think about the Miami Dolphins the last couple of weeks, they have been shredded and tested by slot receivers. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys got CeeDee Lamb for one big route, a uh, big yards after catch play on a deep pattern as a slot receiver against Cater Kohu against the, the Miami Dolphins. Now, they never went back to it. They should have gone back to that match. Oh, we lost Matt. We'll we'll try to get him back here, but just uh, dropped mm. off. Mm. Well, I, I think I'm, I'm waiting to ask him about Davis, um, like moving forward. Like, I know it's not necessarily the time for that, but we're almost through another season, and his contract is going to be up. And I, I wonder, um, like, what, you know, what, what Matt what he's worth? Of, yeah, yeah. Like, is is he worth committing? You know, the number two receiver type money to? Like, what's the marketplace going to be like? I, I guess that depends on who else is out there and available. But there's going to be some big names. Um, so I'm I'm curious about that. Uh, very much so. Uh, you know, again, it's not necessarily the most pertinent thing for this week's game, but. Um, you know, we got a guy that's a receiver expert. I'd like to yeah. know what he thinks Gabe Davis is worth. <laughs> Matt, Matt, we lost you there. Let's 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 bump to Davis and just sort of sure. his value at this point. Come, contract year, it's been up and down like it always has been. Um, what do you think his value is? Yeah, it's fascinating because I think that the discourse on Gabe Davis has sort of like swung through multiple extremes. You know, mm-hmm. we obviously remember he was really – hyped up going into that 22 season where it's like, all right, he's coming up for a touchdown game. And I mean, in, in fantasy draft circles, he was really, really, really steamed up. Um, that was a little bit too high. Those expectations were a little bit too much, but I think what we've seen out of Gabe Davis is that like, he is a, he's a useful player, right? I mean, number one, he is an asset in the block, in the run blocking game. He's probably their best blocking receiver. Uh, so he's a guy that doesn't need to leave the field because of that. And he is a, a vertical receiver who adds a legit dimension in that way. I think he's probably best as, like, your number three receiver 
Um, but he can play the X. He can handle vertical routes. I mean, he's looked like uh, no disrespect to this player, but like MVS got, and Marcus Zaldes-Scantling got three years, $30 million in free agency. Like, I, I think Dave Davis is a better player, right? So I think that's kind of the bucket that I would put him in because while he is a volatile guy, he's certainly a player that, um, again, he hits the open market, he's going to get a lot a lot of money. I'm not sure that Buffalo needs to like go all out to keep Dave Davis, but I, I do think he brings a legit dimension. With Matt Harmon, receptionperception.com. Tyreek Hill in this game, uh, Matt, so he has had an incredible season again. He's been in and out of the lineup here lately. Injury report. He had the adversity yesterday with his house actually catching fire, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that is, factors into the the per, you know the projections for this week or anything. I'm not trying to say that it should, but is Tyree Kill still like peak Tyree Kill here? And how can the Bills do a job on him? What's possible? Yeah, I mean, I, I do wonder if he is also you know another guy that has been nicked up this season. He's actually been on and off the field all the time. Um, you know, part like part of me worries. You know, with all the pre-snap motion that they do with with Tyree Kill, while it's cool and it's, I mean, not even cool, it doesn't do it justice. It's like or one of the most exciting things in football when they get a player like that on pre-snap motion, especially the full speed motions, and he's able to just then run these dig routes and stuff like that. I mean, it truly is unbelievable stuff. At the same time, they're putting a lot of miles on the guy, like literally just not even from a from a when the when the play starts. We're talking about before the play starts. He's doing a lot of moving around. You know, if you're like a sprinter, that that is something that that adds on you and weighs on you. And again, we've seen him deal with a lot of injuries. I'm not saying like he's running out of gas here towards the end of the season, but we know he dealt with that ankle ankle injury against uh, the Titans on Monday Night Football, and he just is a dramatic like dramatic presence when he is on and off the field. The splits are extreme, so uh, I do kind of wonder about that. And and look, he's he's another guy that. We haven't seen the production necessarily be the peak peak here at the end of the season. It's not quite even close to the dig situation, but there's no real like taking Tyreek Hill out of the, the game plan. Like he's going to get his, I mean, even like if he catches that pass in the end zone against Baltimore, maybe we're talking about a very different game. That was kind of when the floodgates opened for Baltimore on the other side of it. And they were able to take out Miami. Um, but yeah, the, the injury stuff, I definitely have my eye on with Tyreek Hill because you know, when he's not operating at the height of his powers, this team is just, plain and simple, not the same, not at all. Um, you know, and, and we don't, we're likely probably not going to get Jalen Waddle in this game. If I had to guess right now, it, Miami's coming into this game real beat up guys. Like that, that's the thing here for Buffalo. Like this is an opportunity for them because of all the injuries, not just on the offensive side, but you know, both Miami's pass rushes are down. Xavier Howard's banged up. Like there are areas where B- Buffalo has an advantage um, especially if Tyree Kill's not at 100%. What else is there receiver-wise? Because, you know, you mentioned, like, you would expect Hill to get his, uh, you know, if he plays, and you expect him to play. Um, but, you know, without Waddle there, maybe the Bills can can devote a little more attention to Hill. Yeah, not a lot. Honestly, like, this is a really light receiver depth chart. We're talking about Robbie Chosen. You know, he's not Robbie Anderson anymore. He's Robbie Chosen. He's on this team. Um, you know, Braxton Berrios on this team. This is not a lot of, like, not a lot of counter punches in Miami when they don't have Jalen Waddle. Waddle's not even necessarily had, I think he's been fine as a player, but he's not like been as productive as you probably would have thought he would be because so much of the plane has been to, been built around Tyreek Hill. There's actually more interesting splits, I think, for Miami when you look at when Jalen Waddle's off the field, the run game becomes more critical. And obviously last week, that, that void was filled by Devon Achan. I think he is a pretty big 
potential matchup breaker for Miami in this matchup because, again, we're, we're looking at him as somebody that when, when Jalen Waddle's not out there, they don't necessarily have like a number two receiver that's just going to step up and, and fill that void, right? Nobody projects into that role. They don't even really have what I would say is a, like a quality number three on that team. So that's where A-chan becomes more important. And obviously, if Mostert's not out there, it, you can 10x that sort of uh, importance for him. So he's definitely somebody I think that Buffalo has to not just think about Tyreek Hill. You've got to come up with a plan for this guy because we know, I mean, even though they blew out Miami last time, he still had a pretty big impact on that game. Right. Matt, before you go, I want to tell you how much I enjoyed your chats with Austin Eckler uh, this year. It, it was obvious that you enjoyed them as well. It'll be an interesting offseason for him, right? And it's, again, a year where veteran running backs, you, you wonder just what will happen. Saquon Barkley, do the Giants really pay up for him again? Probably declined. Henry and Eckler, man, it, it looked like a rough year for him. And he's got he's at that age. He's not big. Uh, I don't want to talk you it, try to talk you into something. I'm not trying to do that. I just wonder, like maybe you know what he thinks of his fortunes going forward. Look, I, I, you know, number one, I, I appreciate the sentiment, Mike. And yeah, obviously, it was it was super fun to talk to him. I mean, it's always great. Like I, I love doing the show with him. But I will give him a lot of props because look, like it's a it's a fantasy show with a fantasy football audience. It's a lot more fun to come on that show when you're running back one overall, <laughs> Austin Eckler, and not like Austin Eckler putting up single digits in, in PPR performance, Austin Eckler. Like, that's, it's, it's a much different show, but the guy's brought it every week. He has great energy, has a great attitude. Um, and, you know, the final episode that we did in regular season, we'll, we'll still reconvene uh, probably at the Super Bowl is, is, is the guest for the season finale. Um, you know, and, and so obviously I think Austin will give us yet another sort of update there, but, you know, I think he was pretty straightforward with his thoughts on the final episode where, you know, he's saying like, look, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm probably hitting free agency this year, probably not returning to the chargers. Um, you know, even though they have, they'll have a new front office this year, new coaching staff, the, the guess is he's probably not going to be back there necessarily. So, you know, for him, it's all about the opportunity, right? Because this is a guy that, I mean, obviously he does the show with me, but, He's, he's got other ventures. Like he owns businesses. He owns his own business. He like shares in restaurants and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of things that are that he can focus on outside of football. So I I do think if the right opportunity is not there, like he could potentially think about not playing next year. Um, so for me, it's all. I mean, for him, I think it's all going to be what is the opportunity? What are what are teams willing to to give him? Both from a financial perspective, but also like a playing time perspective too. Like mm-hmm. I don't. You know, he mentioned, like, I don't want to come in and be on somebody's practice squad. I don't know if he's going to necessarily be like a practice squad candidate, but um, obviously I think it would just depend on the right offer and the right situation. But you're right, man. The, the running back market was crowded last year, theoretically. I think it will be even more crowded this year. And, you know, unfortunately for the way the season went for all those guys that you just listed off, I don't think that, that they did a ton from an on-field perspective to sort of change the narrative and change – um, the way that the NFL front offices and ownership and, and organizations approached the position last year. Mm-hmm. You're saying that just reminds me that Leonard Fournette is sitting on the Bills practice squad here as we reach uh, Week 18. Yeah, well, and he it, was around forever, and he was he was on the streets forever. So, yep, like, yep. as much as I say, yeah, maybe Eckler's not a practice squad candidate or any of these guys, but like. You know, you get to a certain point in your career, and, and, and that's sort of the reality that you're facing. I, I, I would say that if Eckler finds himself, if Austin finds himself in that situation that Leonard Fournette was in last year where I'm sitting around forever waiting for a call, and the only call is, you know, week 
whatever it was, week 10 or something that, yep. uh, you know, they added Leonard Fournette to the practice squad. I, I think that we can safely say that that is not something that interests this particular player. Very good. Well, as an avid fantasy player, I was. I, it's it's great credibility when a player, and especially someone as articulate and just you know bright as Eckler, uh, sort of if you will, enters the fantasy space. And so, credit to yeah. you for uh, making making that possible for us. All right, Matt. Well, happy New Year. Thanks for your time, and uh, onward. Yeah, happy happy New Year to you guys. Appreciate you having me. Sorry for the uh, click off in the middle there. You know, it's just. When you, when you get me rolling, sometimes you know even Verizon wireless services like, all right, that's enough, buddy. Let's let's be a little more succinct. But now I appreciate you guys always having me. Um, hopefully, we get a fun uh, Week 18 game. I think we're in for a pretty big one with Buffalo and Miami. That's for sure. Let's go turning a negative into a positive right there, Matt Harmon. Thank you, Matt at Matt Harmon underscore BYB on uh, Twitter. I still call it Twitter. I, I think everyone does. Everyone should. Why not? 803-0550 to call in. The Bills offense, Diggs, Davis, we've been over everything here. Your perfect Week 18 looks like what? Mike Shope and the Bulldog, back after the update. Sal at 5, this is WGR. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.